0: This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Wednesday, June 27th, 2018. I'm Caleb Brown. Federal regulators have been sending mixed messages about how they think about cryptocurrencies. Are they commodities? Are they securities? Are they something entirely new? Diego Zuluaga is author of a new Cato paper, Should Cryptocurrencies Be Regulated Like Securities? We spoke Monday. Since the last time we talked about whether or not cryptocurrencies ought to be regulated as commodities or whether they ought to be regulated as securities or whether they should not be regulated at all, or if there's some new category uh, of uh, some sort of you know, a p- hunk of value uh, and how you regulate how those get transferred and dealt with, uh, what has changed since that last conversation?
1: Well, regulators uh, from the Securities and Exchange Commission and the Commodity Futures Trading Commission, which are the two main regulatory bodies that have involved themselves with cryptocurrencies, have been making different statements as to whether uh, they are commodities or securities. But the most significant development, which happened a couple of weeks ago, was a speech by William Hinman, who works at the Securities and Exchange Commission, saying that Ethereum, which is the second most popular cryptocurrency by market size, uh, did not qualify as a security. Now, coming from the body that it, that regulates uh, securities markets, this is, uh, a big statement because it means that a major platform on which a lot of other cryptocurrencies run uh, will not be subject to the registration and disclosure requirements imposed by the SEC. So it is good news for those of us who believe that access to uh, cryptocurrencies should be as broad as possible and that when you're dealing with decentralized technologies uh, of this nature, uh, most of these uh, cryptocurrencies don't meet the definition of a security.
0: Okay, so the you know the fact that there are seemingly conflicting ideas floating out there from regulatory agencies. What is the path forward for uh, the Feds?
1: Well, thank you for asking because I just published a paper today uh, that deals specifically with that question. And so in that paper, I, I deal with precisely the question of whether cryptocurrencies should generally be regulated like securities? And the answer is no, Um, for two reasons. The first one is that legal precedent doesn't justify it. So the definition of a security uh, is you know, according to legal precedent, involves four criteria, right? It must be an investment of money in a common enterprise for the uh, obtention of profits from the efforts of other people. Now, in the case of cryptocurrencies, you're dealing with peer-to-peer networks. No one is in central control of these platforms. And uh, it is individual people that help other people uh, perform transactions. What that means in brief is that you don't have the four criteria satisfied. So a cryptocurrency like Bitcoin or Ether, or any of the other functional cryptocurrencies, functional meaning that they're already uh, in circulation and then the platforms are already live, don't meet the definition of a security. The second question is whether new issues of cryptocurrencies, say someone who is setting up a platform right now and is looking to raise money uh, and will eventually give people cryptocurrency uh, when that platform goes live, whether those efforts uh, can be um, defined as a security in certain circumstances. and In that particular case, I find that you may have a situation in which the securities test is satisfied when people are buying these contracts from some developer or someone setting up uh, a new venture, and they are looking to profit from it, maybe trade the contracts in secondary markets before the platform goes live. Now, in that case, you do have someone clearly in central control of the platform, who is expected to deliver on this venture in the future, uh, and, those, and the people uh, holding contracts may uh, be, find themselves in a position where they're looking to make profit from the efforts of others. However, it may also be the case in some instances, that a developer comes to people and says, you know what? I'm going to sell you a good or a service in advance that's going to be delivered to you via this platform in the future and you just give me money now to buy that that good or service at a discount. Now you may not trade that contract in secondary markets between now and the time that the platform goes live. And so in those cases, you wouldn't be dealing with a security because there is no element of profit seeking between now and the platform going live. Rather, what you're dealing with is what is called in, in finance, a forward contract, which is nothing more and nothing less than paying in advance for the delivery of, of a good in the futures. For example, a forward contract may be sold by a farmer to buyers of coffee saying, give me money now. And once I have the coffee beans, I will deliver them to you. Now, that is not a security. It is simply uh, the sale uh, in, 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 in the future of a commodity. A futures contract. Well, we have to be careful here because a futures contract is actually traded on exchanges and therefore is subject to different uh registration and disclosure rules what I, what i'm what i'm saying here is forward contracts that are between two parties and are not tradable um between the moment of signing and the moment of delivery of the good and those are generally not regulated uh Either as as uh, as as commodity futures or as securities.
0: Now, have we seen the specter of regulation? And I think we may have touched on this uh, previously. But have we seen the specter of regulation alter the way that initial coin offerings are done, the way that uh, networks get set up? Because there are some that uh, try to try to make a really big splash immediately, and yet others uh, just begin operating the network and hoping that people buy into whatever vision they have set up and whatever rules they have set up within the uh, core uh, software.
1: That's right. So over 2016 and 2017, it became very popular to raise funds via the so-called initial coin offering, which is a promise of giving people a cryptocurrency or a digital token in the future for money uh, today. Now, as these things increased in the amount of of ICOs that took place and the size uh, of the offering, um, regulators started to pay more attention to them. And uh, they, you know, the, the chairman of the Securities and Exchange Commission, Jay Clayton, said that m- most of the ICOs that he had seen were actually unregistered securities offerings and that there was a lot of policy uncertainty around that and that they would pursue with enforcement actions uh, a lot of these uh, unregistered offerings. And on top of that, there was uh, an increasing realization that there were scams and frauds uh, being attempted, uh, marketed as ICOs because obviously it's a very vibrant uh, area full of hype and a lot of people are coming in without informing themselves necessarily very much about what's being given to them. And so it was fertile territory for uh, people with bad intentions. Now, the combination of those two things uh, has led to ICOs being in a uh, bit of a limbo in recent months. And if you look at the aggregate numbers on how much money has been raised, you do see a decline uh, over the last couple of months, especially where in, in, you know, at the end of 2017, at the beginning of 2018, you might have seen $2 billion uh, raised every month uh, via ICOs, whereas now the aggregate numbers are somewhere around the $1 billion region, which is still not small. Of course, by comparison to the securities markets or the uh, commodity futures markets, we're talking about tiny numbers, uh, but it's still uh, quite a bit of growth compared to what we saw a year ago or a year and a half ago. Uh, It should be said, however, that ICOs of themselves are not bad. Uh, there's nothing uh, wrong with selling people uh, a token that will be delivered in the future. It, it can be a useful way, especially for startups to raise capital, especially in an environment where uh, a traditional IPO, that is a, a sale of shares, uh, can be quite expensive. This can be- So a- what does
0: a token get you? It typically with, a, with an ICO, uh, it, to the extent that they're selling tokens before the actual- a uh, ramp up of the network. What do you get with that token?
1: A token is a way to buy goods and services on one of these decentralized platforms. What what that what that means is that the token will get you whatever the platform um, is seeking to uh, facilitate in terms of exchange. So on Bitcoin, uh, the 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 bitcoins that are the tokens of the Bitcoin network will uh, get you a payment service. You will be able to transfer funds. Uh, in a relatively inexpensive, uh, relatively uh, quick way between people without an intermediary. In the case of Filecoin, which was a popular ICO at the end of 2017, you get computer storage space. So a token entitles you to a certain amount of computer storage space uh, at, at any point in time. And so the goal of these tokens is simply to enable people to exchange goods and services without there being a a counterparty of any sort, without there having to be someone who um, decides who gets what and sets prices uh, and so on. That's why tokens vary in in value because depending on supply and demand, uh, the services and goods that they facilitate uh, change in in, in price.
0: Now, uh, perhaps it's wishful thinking, um, but are regulators watching the decision rules about how networks are altered, how software is upgraded and developed? Are they watching that to find out, well, heck, maybe the way that uh, we've been regulating uh, firms on Wall Street uh, is not ideal, given the fact that there actually can be numerous ways to make decisions among uh, groups that own a common uh, unit of something.
1: There's... There are different aspects to that question. The first one is that these platforms have to provide some certainty to people who buy tokens. It wouldn't be useful if the main rules of the game of any of these platforms were changed all the time. Indeed, one of the reasons people like Bitcoin a lot is that the supply of Bitcoin is limited. It's set at 21 million and eventually we will reach 21 million uh, Bitcoins issued and that will be it. And so you will have no ability of anyone to play with the Bitcoin supply in the way perhaps that central banks uh, sometimes play with the money supply uh, in ways that are not uh, in line with their mission, especially in, in developing countries. Um, so, from 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 that perspective, it would seem that the success of a platform depends on providing some measure of stability and certainty. Uh, I do think, however, that regulators are increasingly looking uh, at this technology and wondering to themselves whether it's regulation that is prompting more people to, to take recourse to these kinds of markets rather than the traditional securities markets or, or, um, or, or banks uh, to, to raise money or obtain credit because it, it is true that... the. Regulation has raised the number of barriers to entry to some people, and perhaps the the most obvious is the way that small firms struggle to raise capital on public markets. Uh, we have had a very strong structural decline in the number of initial public offerings since the late 1990s, which was the height of the tech boom, and the numbers haven't really recovered since. And on top of that, what we see is more and more small firms uh, going to venture capitalists and private equity funds uh, to raise capital which is good for them, I suppose, but it's not good from a general welfare perspective because only uh, already wealthy investors tend to have access to those products. So if you're a regular investor, you will struggle to find uh, attractive investment opportunities that give you high returns on the public markets. Now, ICOs somewhat help to bridge that gap both by making it easier for firms to raise funds, but also by but also by giving an opportunity to people who uh, believe in these platforms to buy these tokens and eventually either trade them for something else or use them. On these platforms once they successfully set up
0: all right so what is your do you, what is your proposal for how uh, bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies ought to be regulated if at all
1: there's a potential conflict here between what's feasible and what's ideal. Ideally I think these technologies are so nascent and 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 young that it would be premature to to uh, give any uh, extensive measure of regulation to them because we haven't really yet found out enough about how they operate and what sort of disclosures are required and what the feasible scale of these markets is how much market share they will capture in various different areas. In the case of Bitcoin, in remittances or in payments, uh, we haven't seen that yet. So these are highly volatile markets, there's a lot of business uncertainty, as well as policy uncertainty. So I would hold back uh, for the moment. On the other hand, these markets are reaching a scale at which regulators are bound to act. And I think Provided that there will be some regulatory action, I think the right thing to do is to regulate existing cryptocurrencies, and especially Bitcoin and and Ethereum, which are uh, so significant as a share of of the whole cryptocurrency market, as commodities, because that involves uh, just enough uh, registration and disclosure and policing of fraud to satisfy the concerns of regulators and other people, while at the same time not constraining the further growth of these technologies. whereas. In the case of new projects, things that are coming about, where you might have as a buyer of, to- of a token, less information about what's going on, there you might have, as I mentioned earlier, a securities regulation if this is something that can be traded for profit on secondary markets, or you might have some other um, scheme whereby the actions of anyone who buys this contract for a future token is restricted in what they can do with it, until the platform goes live, and I think that two-tier approach uh, really does give flexibility to developers in terms of how they raise funding, and it also satisfies the the concerns about fraud and and and, and scams, which are starting to make headlines. But we shouldn't magnify the extent of, of of fraudulent behavior because it tends to happen at the very early stages of these platforms, which by definition are, you know, small offerings of tokens. They're not. Widespread and pervasive across the cryptocurrency market. Seventy-five percent of the cryptocurrency market is still the two or three major cryptocurrencies, and those are not frauds or scams, as far as we can tell right now, by any measure.
0: Diego Zuluaga is author of the new paper: Should Cryptocurrencies Be Regulated Like Securities? Subscribe to and rate the Cato Daily Podcast at iTunes and Google Play, and follow us on Twitter at Cato Podcast.